Oh, hello. Hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> we didn't see you there. I did, but I didn't want to say anything. They're behind me? Like little creep babies? Yep, right behind you. Hmm. They're little creep babies. Hi, goslings. Oh, boy. <laughs> this is Goose Chase <sighs> Podcast. Yes, it is another Goose Chase. Goose Chase. We are sleepy. We're sleepy babies. Yeah. Energy level is way low for no reason. Yeah. I'm just going to drink this beer and hope to perk up a bit. All right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just going to yawn. I kind of think we have an excuse to be sleepy. I mean, we, we still have sort of like travel hangover. Yeah, I'm still on vacation, and I did, like, nothing the past two days, and so my energy level just drops. Yeah. Um, But it's been good. Vacation yeah. was good. I wanted to tell you a story as part of this intro here. Okay. I didn't tell it to you earlier because I thought it would be fun for the podcast. Okay. Um, this is our lives now withholding information because i think it would be good for the podcast save it for the podcast <laughs> um so my mom has a dog zoe i knew that part yeah i didn't withhold that that would be a pretty big secret considering yeah. she's friends with boba yeah um but on and off my mom and stepdad have considered getting a new dog a second, not a new dog. They're not replacing Zoe, but a second dog. <laughs> Throw it out, that old <laughs> Just, dog. Uh, forget that one. Let's try. Yeah. That one's shitty. Let's scratch. get a new one. <laughs> um, if they want to get a dog for their dog because yeah. Zoe's a weirdo. And she does a little bit better when there are other dogs around. And when she was at the rescue she was at, she was around a lot of other dogs and seemed to do really well in that situation. Yeah. And I noticed when I was taking them to the do her and Bo to the dog park all the time, specifically labs, because she was at a lab rescue, she can tell them apart from other dogs and will, like, run up to them and start playing with them immediately. And she doesn't do that with other dogs. Interesting. Really weird. But anyway, that's not the point. The point is, they go through a phase and they're like, let's look for another dog. And oh, yeah. they get all excited for a little bit and then they back off and then they'll do it again. So they're in one of those phases. So we were looking at dogs on Pet Finder last night. Yeah. And I bookmarked a couple um, for my stepdad to look at because he wasn't home with us. Yeah. <clears throat> so this is just a warning. This is not going to a place where they are, in <laughs> fact, bringing another dog home right now. Because okay. I feel like it sounds like it's leading up to that. It's not quite there yet. But okay. what did happen is... In our searching, we saw a dog on Pet Finder that looks a lot like Zoe. And we were kind of under the impression that Zoe is a cattle dog lab mix. She's like 45 pounds. Um, she's got like tan and white fur. Yeah. Almost has like Shiba Inu face. Yeah. But like kind Classic of pointy. Doge face. Yeah. Um, but definitely some kind of like herding, running sort of dog. She likes to herd other dogs. Yeah. She likes to run around in circles. So uh, this other dog, the, in the description, they said he's part Carolina dog. And he looks a lot like Zoe. Okay. So my mom started looking up what a Carolina dog is. Carolina dogs. Now, a pivotal part of this backstory, my brother Gary always teases my mom that Zoe is 
a dingo. <laughs> okay. Because she resembles yeah. a dingo, but on shorter legs. She doesn't quite have the height that dingoes do. Where is this going? Where this is going is that Carolina dogs are often referred to as the American dingo. <laughs> they are a feral dog that is usually like southern states but it has been migrating north and she is she was rescued from tennessee okay um so zoe might be carolina dog and in fact might zoe, be dingo zoe may be a dingo <laughs> she after might all be a dingo after oh, all i texted my brother and was like you were right she's she's the american dingo i was gonna say what is what does he think of this because I, I knew you had to tell him um he he basically was like, yeah, that's what a dog looks like when it's left to breed on its own. Yeah. And, you know, so dingo, Carolina dog, same difference. You know, yeah, that's what right. happens when dogs are wild and left to breed. But I just thought it was great because I was like, you were right all along. Like, he said this as a joke, but he was right. In fact, the dog is a dingo. She's a dingo. And may eat she someone's baby. She did not eat anyone's baby. She might. I mean, maybe keep the babies away from her, but I don't think she'd eat a baby. Wouldn't put it past her. <laughs> don't know. She's a good dog. Um, yeah. Yeah. So they're now they're just like obsessed with these Carolina dogs, and they're not like completely wild. There are people that domesticate them now and like try to breed them now yeah. specifically, but. Uh, a lot of the behaviors and attributes do make sense. They're definitely a pack dog because they're like a little bit further to being wild than some do domesticated dogs. Yeah. And they like the company of other dogs. They're really shy and cautious of new people, but they do yeah. bond heavily with people once they get to know them. Right. And uh, she's definitely like that. Like wolves. Yeah. But like <laughs> not as wild as wolves yet. Yeah. They're like... A step between. Gotcha. Um, I just thought it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> just the, the dingo confirmation is pretty yeah. great. Yeah, she's a dingo. She's the American dingo. She's a dingo. <laughs> he called it. He called it. He called it. He called it. <laughs> I And at one point, I had looked at pictures of dingoes and went, Mom, like, she really does look like a dingo. Like... <laughs> Because my mom would be offended. She's like, He's, she's not a dingo. She's not a dingo. Stop it. And then I'd show her a pic I showed her a picture and she went, oh, she does look like a dingo. <laughs> <laughs> so it, I just thought it was a beautiful moment. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Our little Zoe dingo, baby. Little Zozo dingo. Mm-hmm. Little dingo Zozarina. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Uh, well, um, we... Gosh, so we took our trip, uh, which we talked about on last episode. Yeah, and I was thinking we would kind of go into detail about some of the parts of the trip for the middle segment. Okay, yeah, we could do that. We could save that conversation for later, but we had yeah. a pretty good time. Yeah, I had a fantastic time. Yeah. Um, I kind of can't get over what a good time we had, considering 18 hours of it was spent in the car. Yeah, With I think more, actually. Yeah, with two other... Adults in like a four person, yeah. four seating car. Yeah. And well, five if you got a real tiny person and can shove them in the middle. Yeah. And luckily we didn't. <laughs> um, but we got along really well. No one was bickering or fighting or like, you know, getting upset over stupid stuff like you sometimes do. Yeah. When you're on the road for long amounts of time. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was great. The drive was 
fine with all of us. We entertained each other and ourselves. Yeah. And I had a really good time with Alex and Sherry. We did yeah. a lot of cool stuff and played some games and yeah. it was great. It was a good trip. It was exactly what I wanted it to be and a little more. Yeah. I just like, uh, I knew like when we were leaving, I was like, I need, I need a reset. I just need to get out of town. Yeah. And that bore itself out how much better I felt when I got back. I just, yeah. I don't know. Like, we spent so much of, I mean, like, you know, it's been winter now for what feels like an eternity. Mm-hmm. And you just sort of start to feel trapped by the winter. And yeah, like, you're not doing anything. It wasn't a bad winter, but it was a <clears> long <throat> winter. And every time we think we've reached spring, it snows again. And yeah, right. <laughs> it makes us feel trapped again. So. But now I'm all excited. I got all this gardening stuff going on in my head. We're getting rain again. And mm-hmm. God, it's going to be in the 70s in the next few days here. You mowed your lawn. I mowed my lawn and it felt awesome. <laughs> like I will never understand your enthusiasm for that. But no, it's normally I hate it. Yeah. Give it like a month and I'll be over it. It was but, just that first sign of spring. Yeah. And, and the fact that I hadn't mowed my lawn, it is now... Late April, mm-hmm. the last time I mowed my lawn was July. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long time. Because <laughs> I just kept letting it go, like, yeah, fuck it. Mm. Eh, it doesn't matter. I just let it go. It's going to snow. Yeah, right. It'll it's going to snow again anyway. It'll, it'll be over with soon enough. It'll just all, I won't be able to mow it anyway, so what's the point? Yeah. Uh, Let's just get goats. Yeah, goats would be a thing. Yeah, and then you'll never have to mow your lawn again. Yeah. And also, Bo would have goat friends. I wonder if he would have goat friends or goat enemies. I mean, the only thing to do is get goats and find out. (laughs) That's not the only thing to do. I think it's the only logical (laughs) step. I mean, the other option, and hear me out here. No other (laughs) options. Yeah. Nah. Nope. <laughs> now I'm all geeked up because I'm. I have in my head. I told you a little bit earlier. I have this beautiful vision in my head. Beautiful vision. I'm having a cherry tree. Yes. I want to have a cherry tree. So the inspiration <laughs> for having a cherry tree is that we cherry beer. We went to New Glarus, mm-hmm. one of our favorite breweries of anywhere, but you can only get their beer in Wisconsin. Yeah. And they've now made this a part of their branding. I think yeah. it's been a part of their branding for a long time, but um, their taglines are like drink indigenously and uh, only in Wisconsin. Yeah. And those are, it's true, you can only get in Wisconsin, and it's a damn shame. Yeah. It People really, have been really arrested is. for bootlegging it, for like <laughs> selling it at bars outside of Wisconsin. Yeah, like you can take it with you, but you can't resell it. Like that's yeah. the that's the thing. So, you know, we, we brought back with us, you know, like a full case plus eight bottles plus two big bottles of of uh, of delicious beer. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the best ones we had there, we went to the <coughs> brewery and our friends had suggested a beer to us. And instead of doing a tasting, because we had already tried a lot of the other beers, we're like, let's just get a whole glass of that one yeah. each. It was so good. What was what's it called again? It's called Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin Belgian Red. Belgian Red. Yeah. And it's a cherry beer. Yeah. And it takes a lot, a lot right of here. cherries in this beer. 
and uh, now Dave wants to make his own. I have a beautiful vision of a cherry tree. So he tree. wants a cherry tree. <laughs> the thing is, like, it's I don't think it's that bad an idea, but I also think, like, if I actually intend to, to keep the cherries, there's a lot of work involved in, like, you keeping are playing, birds out of them. Yeah, and you are playing the long game. Yeah, I mean, well, I you know, I don't mind, like, letting a tree go for, like, four years, you know, pruning it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And just kind of keeping an eye on it and waiting to see what happens. Uh, yeah. That's not a concern. But what I am worried about is that when it, when it finally does start producing, animals go nuts over that stuff. Yeah, between birds and insects and yeah. squirrels. So you and... sort of need like netting and, you know, all kinds of stuff. It's not I, easy. I knew someone who did that with her blueberries. Yeah. Because she would get animals raiding her blueberries. Yeah. And what also, um, they used to have like apricot trees or something like that and they used to actually get yield on them but they live in pa and once stink bugs moved into the area they haven't had yield since because of stink bugs immediately demolish all the fruit those things suck yeah i hate those stink bugs we saw one in wisconsin do you remember that Oh yeah, you know we'll talk about it later. I was gonna but say you're, you're giving all this middle segment stuff out. I don't I don't mind talking about it, but I, I know, know you we'll, to we'll, hold off. I'll talk about the detail later. But we did see one in Wisconsin, and they're not typically that far west. Yeah. We saw quite a many quite a many of them, I think, didn't we? Weren't there more no, in that? There were other bugs. Oh my god, yeah. but not those. Um, just just a single stink bug. Just just a lone stink bug. Mm-hmm. Um, here's another thing as a, just a little opener as far as like, you know, stuff that's on my mind lately. Mm-hmm. I've been watching a ton of this old house. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You did mention that. Yeah. So like they're, they're, I'm watching the most recent season, which I think it's still on. I don't think it's ended. Oh really? With the same dude? Oh, it's like the same like four guys that have been doing this forever. Like this like crew of dudes who, you know, work on houses What's and the stuff. one guy? Wasn't. That show, who he's like really famous, or at least he was to me. There was one in particular. Ty Pennington. He's not on this old house. <laughs> I don't know what you're thinking of. Are you thinking of the same show? <laughs> I thought it was, but it might have been another show. But it was he was like this kind of craftsman who was all over like HGTV networks and oh, stuff. And okay. I want to say his name was Bob, but now I'm not sure. Bob Vila. Bob Vila. That's yeah. who I'm thinking of. Yeah. So he did something. Maybe he was even on this old house. I'm not sure. I thought he was, but I could be misremembering. Um, but this is, you know, this is the PBS This Old House. Okay. It has been around for like 40 some seasons. Mm-hmm. And like these Boston dudes, like, you know, going place to place and working on people's homes. And I just, I really want to learn to do stuff. Like, I bought this circular saw mm-hmm. now what is like two years ago. Mm-hmm. I made one weird cut with it that freaked me out where the blade got caught, and I've been afraid to pick it up ever since. Mm-hmm. I just want to like get over that and start building things. Because I have ideas okay. like crazy. I have all kinds of things. That I want to fill this room with shelving. Like I want to do a lot of things. You could probably find a class at like Lowe's or Home Depot that would at least like Maybe a small woodworking project that yeah. would, you know, wet your whistle a little bit and get you comfortable with the tools. What I need is a big, strong man <laughs> to wrap his arms around me from behind, right? Mm-hmm. And guide me with a circular saw. Okay. Nothing sexual. 
But but if there's a little dick, in you know, hands, it doesn't hurt. You know, not in the way of the sock. <laughs> just like up against your butt. Well, no, I just think. I, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> no, just think like I need I need to like work with tools with people who work with tools. Big man, strong men. Big strong men and their hulking tools. That's if what I wearing, do. He's wearing just the tool belt. <laughs> Not in front of my uh, salad. Not in front of my salad. Not in front of my swing set. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, if you're listening, just Google, or maybe don't, not in front of my salad. Maybe not at work. No, don't. definitely not at work. Not at work. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really it's do. Porn. It's porn. Yeah, it's porn. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically gay porn, you know. Uh, but it's, it's the funniest, like... <laughs> confrontation yeah. in all of porn there's like censored versions of this available on youtube that yeah. uh, but anyway i want to learn how to do stuff i want to learn like this you know it feels to me like having a home and having all these kind of like unique spaces like this room this studio mm-hmm. it's kind of a unique little space my kitchen presents its own unique challenges because it's arranged a certain way where there's not a lot of room for a lot of things. Yeah. Um, you know, I just have all these spaces that I like to do things in that I could build something more custom and, and, and uh, useful mm-hmm. than I could buy. Yeah. This room would really benefit from actually having walls instead of blankets for walls. <laughs> right. So, like, right there. I could lay down, you know, sort of the baseboards <laughs> and, like, put up a drywall wall across here if I knew what the hell I was doing. I've got friends who are contractors. Yeah. Who could probably like I know I know so many talented people stuff. who if I just actually was like, let's do this, they would yeah. absolutely do it. I'm pretty sure Alec has offered more than once. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, I don't know. It's I guess what I'm saying is it's almost Alec's springtime. a big strong man. He's a big strong man. He can help you. He could probably come up from behind me and help yeah. guide a saw in my hand. Yeah. I bet he'd do it. Real romantic-like. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with this. Just let that hang in the air for a second. Uh, are you ready for the news? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do the news quiz. Let's do it. I had to take a swig of beer. Oh, man. Oh, no, it's foaming. Oh, no. Oh, oh girlfriend, no. no. no okay, okay, it's fine. It's not foaming all the way. Uh, last night, I uh, was using my lime beer salt <laughs> in a, 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 a bottle of Miller High Life. I had it upside down. I was shaking it back and forth. The top came off, and it just poured, and then it foamed <laughs> everywhere. Oh, no. It went, in, it went nuts. It was all over I the floor I didn't know here. you had... Beer salt? Yeah, it's that little bottle that's been in my car forever that I got from Texas, the little oh, tiny yeah. bottle. Yeah. You're putting it in your beer? Yeah, that's what it's for. It's beer salt. I've it's, never heard of this. I had never tried it, but I bought it because I went, that's weird. Texans salt their beer, but I guess a lot of people salt their beer. Okay. And this is lime salt. Interesting. So it makes everything taste like, you know, like a lime Like beer. Bud Light Lime. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> exactly even, what I want. Even High Life tastes like Bud Light Lime with that. that I mean, that's impressive. Yeah. Um, I'm reminded of a time I went to a party and I brought some of your homebrew with me. Yeah. And uh, it did not adjust well to the temperature change. Yeah. And every time I would open one, it would just start like foaming out. And in particular, I was in the middle of having a conversation with someone about hockey. And I kept having to like 
answer him real quick or like say something real fast and then chug my beer because it was about to foam over all, all over the carpet yeah and then like continue the conversation and like chug my beer i drank half the beer in like five seconds <laughs> and was starting to feel very full and had to be like excuse me for a moment yeah and run into the kitchen where people were standing right in front of the sink and like bend around them and pour some of the beer out so i had like a brief respite from yeah. having to chug this beer that was definitely my fault i definitely like over primed those bottles and i can see the error of my ways now yeah well it was still delicious it yeah. just it just put me in a really funny situation <laughs> that i still laugh about yeah oh yeah the pens are doing really good this year chug chug <laughs> chug chug <laughs> It's like you don't, and he had no reaction to that. Like he didn't act like anything weird was happening. <laughs> when I had to have a look on my face that was like, "I'm not drinking Panic. this for pure enjoyment." I guarantee you look yeah. panicked. I'm <laughs> had sure to look panicked. Your eyes must have been like huge. You go, "Oh yeah, the, the pens." <laughs> yeah, no, it's like it's kind of, hold on. <laughs> Man, Crosby's doing great. <laughs> glug glug glug. Glug. Panic panic. Glug glug. <laughs> Uh, that must have been so funny. I'm so sorry I, I missed that. I wish that I just want, sometimes I just want other people's <laughs> minds for yeah. a second to see what they witness when yes. I'm going crazy. What do you see while I'm having a small <laughs> panic attack over a beer? Uh, if only. Yeah, okay. If only. All right, let's hear it. What's the news? So we're going to do the news quiz. That famous game that has swept the internet that everyone's playing now. It's a sensation. It's the sensation we started here, and it's just, boom, up in the charts, A number one. A to, number one. To the top. Yes. Yes, it's that sensation. <laughs> it's kind of warm, kind of nice. What? And also, it's a sensation. <laughs> oh, okay. It's warm and nice, but also, it's a quiz. Oh, okay. Where two of the news headlines are false and one is real, yeah. and you have to guess which one is true. That's what I thought it was. Yeah. But also, it's warm and nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you ready to guess the truths? I so am. Let's do I it. I almost started reading the wrong ones. <laughs> oh, okay. But I got it. I'm you under got it? control. First headline Hundreds gather to stare at Regina Construction Site Hole and say, Wow, like Owen Wilson. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Second one Shaman starts new service. Long distance voodoo doll massage. Third okay. one. Okay. Justin Timberlake will surprise contest winner by serenading Superfan in person on April 30th because it's gonna be May. <laughs> uh, I love that. <clears throat> Wanna recap? Uh, so you can recap. But, but you know. You're gonna be disappointed. I know which one of these is real. Uh, it was only a matter of time before you knew, because I've known a couple of yours. But let's, but let's, I'll, let's I'll do recap. it for the, audi for the audience who is playing along. Let's do another recap. Hundreds gather to stare at Regina Construction Site Hole and say, wow, like Owen Wilson. <laughs> Shaman starts new service, long-distance voodoo doll massage. <laughs> And Justin Timberlake will surprise contest winner by serenading Superfan in person on April 30th because it's gonna be May. <laughs> 
I love the It's Gonna Be May thing. <laughs> Every year I get excited for It's Gonna Be May. My favorite one I'm seeing right now is just a picture of ramen noodles. Yeah. And, and the caption says, it's that time of year again. And the comment under that is, this is some real high-level shit. <laughs> like, you have to know gotta, so many things. Yeah, you really got to be in the know. <laughs> and it makes me proud that I looked at it immediately, immediately understood. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, be, but I have to be honest. I did know that all those people gathered to go, wow. <laughs> and I even watched video of it. <laughs> I don't, did you see it? I didn't watch that video, oh but I God. did actually look up a compilation of Owen Wilson saying, wow. I almost just want to, like, for the podcast, just get the sound of this. Uh, did you read the whole article? Uh, so, I, I know a little bit about it. Um, I didn't read the whole article, because what I really came across was, like, someone talking about it on Reddit, maybe. Okay, so basically the premise is that... There was a hole on this construction site. It was supposed to be filled in. They, they had petitioned to have it filled in. It was from like 2016. So it's been two years that it hasn't been filled in. It's an eyesore. It could potentially be dangerous. Yeah. Nothing's been done about it. So this one person in particular was like, let me just, it was a joke really, but she's like, let me create a Facebook event. And she creates an event that says, we're just going to go stare at this hole and say, wow, like Owen Wilson, because why the fuck not? Yeah. Thinking it like they were going to do it, but it was just going to be her and a couple of friends and hundreds of people show up to say, wow, into this hole. Yes. It's a, uh, it's a whole thing. Hundreds of people. I, I want to pull this. I want to pull this up real quick and see if I can skip ahead. Um, Into a bunch of strangers saying, wow, into a hole. This is a. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I like the wow coordinator in this video. I like the one who's like, get a good wow for me. It's just so very weird. Wow. Um, I wanted to find more people saying wow. I think that's fine. Yeah, this is like a guy's personal. Now I'm mad. Because I don't, I don't want anything that he has to say. I don't want to hear it. I just want crowds of people going, wow. <laughs> Wow. Also, just everyone do yourselves a favor and find a compilation, <laughs> of which there are many, yeah. of Owen Wilson saying wow There's a in, like, everything he's ever been in. Wow. There's a 10-hour version right here. Wow. 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 Honestly? Wow. Wow. Now that you mention it, it is half full. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, he has I a very it. distinct wow. He does, and he says it a lot. Wow. Like, do normal people <laughs> say wow that much? People might just be writing wow into scripts okay, for him. So no. here, here was my thought. It yeah. kind of became his thing, yeah. and so people started writing it in. Or it just was like a filler thing that he started doing when he wasn't exactly sure how to convey something or wow. exactly sure. Oh, wow. Wow. Like how some people would be like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, this right. is just like, wow. Yeah, it's just this like filler <laughs> noise to buy time. Yeah. And show interest. I don't know which, <laughs> you know, which it is. Sure, but you know. Like, he does seem to say wow a lot more than most people say wow. <laughs> and just the way it's he great. says wow. Yeah. I mean, it's, does it's, anyone else talk like that? 
Right. He's got it's that very fucked distinct. up nose is what happened, I think. That makes him say wow? Yeah, it makes him go wow. Uh, he is a little nasally. Yeah, I think it's just fucked up <laughs> nose. <laughs> Break your nose enough. Wow. 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 So I'm sorry that I knew that one already, but I hope that it's was fun okay. for the listeners to guess along. <laughs> and I thought I did a really good job of making yes. those up. Yes, you did. I love <laughs> I love the contest winner gets a special It's Gonna Be May. It's Gonna Be May. Yeah. And also, you know, remote voodoo massage. That's pretty nice. And actually, <laughs> considering people, not unbelievable. Right. That one was kind of stolen from Clickhole. Yeah. It was based loosely based on a headline they had. Whenever I find stuff on Clickhole, I can never use their headline, but I'll use their concept sure. because they're very blatantly satirical. Yeah, like there's always a sort of a punchline in the heading. Yeah. That makes you want to go further. I think the direction they went with it was like something about how like a a very nice witch was doing <laughs> voodoo massage. A very nice witch. <laughs> it's like a not evil at all witch. No, it's, it's like super actually nice. kind of a nice witch. That's so silly. I um, love Clickhole so much. Yeah, they're solid. Yeah. I rip them off all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's good. Uh, so you want to talk more about our trip to Wisconsin? Let's talk about our trip to Wisconsin. Yeah. Specifically. Yes. You know what I want to talk about. No. You know? Yeah. Oh, the house. Yes. Yeah. Like, crazy cool. I could not explain. whatever. For the record, what we're about to try to describe cannot be described <laughs> to you. I am not a spiritual person. I don't believe in magic. The best way as I can describe this place is like childlike whimsy yeah. and magical. Just like looking around going, it's magical. <laughs> you kept calling things majestic. Yeah, everything was majestic. <laughs> um, so basically what this is, is there's a large rock and this gentleman... Who is not named Alex Jones, because no. they kept wanting to call him Alex he kept, Jones. You called him Alex <laughs> Jones multiple times. Alex Jordan. That is not, Yes, that is his name. Yes, Alex Jordan um, picnicked on this rock and spent a lot of time there and ended up basically buying it mm -hmm. off of the landowner. Yeah. And had this dream that he wanted to build himself a house on this rock. And yeah. so he did. It became this kind of obsession and then once he did it, people kind of started coming by just to see it. Yeah. And then he ended up moving out. Like, he was actually living there for a little bit. But he moved out and made it an attraction. Was like, people want to see this. And the obsession kind of shifted from just a, an idea, idea he had that he really wanted to make happen into wanting to make something for other people also. Yeah. And adding more and more to it. Um one of the coolest things on the house itself is the infinity room. Yeah. If you see pictures of this house, so look, it's called House on the Rock. Yeah. And uh, one of the reasons I wanted to go is because Neil Gaiman mentions it in his book, American Gods. Yeah. It's considered like a place of power. Yeah. And a place of magic. And it's where the gods go to discuss important things. Mm -hmm. Um. So when you look at pictures of the house on the rock, there's this elongated portion that extends off the side. And you can see it just extends over a valley. Yeah. Like there's nothing Like a long bridge. It. 
Yeah. But it doesn't lead to anything. It just eventually stops. Yeah. And it's enclosed. Um, has a really, it's like a cantilevered design. And you can walk about three quarters of the way into it. And then there's a little like barrier, but you can look over the barrier and there's like plexiglass or something and you can look straight down. Yeah. <laughs> um, the closer you get to that barrier, the more it creaks. That freaked me out. It was really out. scary. And I was putting on a good show and be like, no, like I'm really excited for this. This is great. And then the closer and closer I got, I was getting real freaked out because I am afraid of heights. Yeah. And I looked down over the barrier and had the distinct thought, yeah, I could die like that. <laughs> well, like, I'm not this, necessarily... This could be how I die if this whole thing goes. I'm not afraid of heights, exactly. What I am afraid of is, like, I gotta trust this guy's engineering that this is not gonna collapse. Like, I'm fine with looking Yeah, and he was not over... an engineer. I could look over, you know, a bridge that's like an actual bridge that I trust and be like, oh, cool, that's really far down. Yeah, I am afraid of heights, but yeah. I continually like continuously challenge myself to just do the things anyway. Yeah, right. Because I know it's worth it. Yeah. Um I've tightrope I've tightrope walked before. I had like harness and everything. It was like fifty feet in the air. Yeah. I bungee jumped from fifty feet in the air. So <laughs> not as, you know, not huge, but definitely higher than I'm comfortable being. Yeah, right. Um, so I, I like to push myself and that's why I was really excited about going out in the infinity room. Cause I was yeah. like, it's going to be cool. It I'm is kind of going to hate it, but it's going to be cool. <laughs> Cause you can hear the whole thing creaking and cracking. Creak. And yeah. every couple of steps I stopped and went, Oh my God, is it moving? <laughs> I think and it's then, moving. And we were told that you, Alex, our friend who we went to visit, who had been multiple times. Yeah. Did tell us that if you're out in that room on a windy day, you can feel it move. <laughs> It wasn't particularly windy when we were on it, but you can kind of yeah. gently feel it. Um, that was really cool. Mm -hmm. uh, there are parts of the rock are like built into the room. It's kind of a, what's the guy's name who oh, built? Well, yeah. So the story is that Alex uh, <clears throat> Jordan was inspired by or sort of like considered himself a rival to. to yeah. Um, Oh, I had his damn Frank name. Lloyd Wright. That's right, Frank Lloyd Wright. Um, and Frank Lloyd Wright's is called Talisine or Talison. Oh. That's his house that's kind of built on a rock. Okay. And the, the reason they're kind of considered rivals or like pitted against each other is that Frank Lloyd Wright's has to constantly be like repaired and updated and to yeah. make it stable and everything. This the house on the rock has been around for a very long time and there are occasional things that need to be updated, but it doesn't seem like the real structure of the house has needed to be corrected or, yeah. or anything like that. So, which is both comforting and a little bit freaky because it's like, yeah, I got I kind hope, of untouched. <laughs> I hope somebody's checking. And, and also the fact, Oh, I'm sure they are. Yeah. Also the fact that he was an amateur. It's not like yeah. he was trained in any of the things he did, but also he was kind of a, a professional learner. Yeah. Like he taught himself a lot of things. And in a lot of cases, if he couldn't find something easily, he would just go, I'm just going to make my own and just <laughs> make something from scratch. Um, yeah. So he started with the house and then he started adding and adding and adding and adding. So he has 
collections, just things that he collected and things that he made his own versions of. Um, Dollhouses. Yeah. A bunch of dollhouses. There were some ladies behind us while we were going through the dollhouse room that were just like, obviously had been collectors of dollhouses growing up and and we're just like really into it and really admiring them and discussing... Oh, I wonder where he got all the dollhouses from. I bet all the all the rich estate sales he got them. And he meanwhile, probably, he probably built half of them, right? And meanwhile, I'm just <coughs> looking around and pointing out every single dog, yeah, right? Every miniature dog, going dog, Papo, there's a doggo. Like God, I mean, <laughs> to talk about the house on the rock, you, I could never ever. In, in a conversation, explain to someone the sheer multitude. It's huge. The tour takes at least four hours. Yeah. And that is probably for going at brisk pace. I think it took us much longer than that. It took it took us about four, but we had to run a little bit through the, the end because we were being we were, chased by security, essentially. Yeah, they weren't like... They weren't saying anything to us, but they were following behind yeah. us they were making and their locking the known. doors and shutting the lights off behind us. <laughs> like, they, they won't kick you out, per yeah. se, but... As soon as you're out of an area, they shut that shit down. Yeah. So we knew when they started following quickly behind us, that it was time to pick up the speed. Yeah. But yeah, they have the actual house. And then this, that's the first part you go through. Right. Before that, they have like, they've added an area. It's like a mini museum it's out like, front. Yeah. It has pictures and it has things you could read. And I was enjoying reading all of it. And yeah. you guys are kind of giving me a hard time, but. They're like, just let's just go experience it. I'm like, I get that, but also it's fascinating because oh, I, yeah. I just wanted to get into his head of like, why would you do this? Yeah. Like, what makes you do this? Right. And we did get a little glimpse. We did read something that said, um, whenever he'd add something new, he would, you know, let people in to look at it and sit off to the side and kind of observe them. He called this the five minute test. In a matter of five minutes, if they didn't have the reaction he wanted them to have, he would make changes or sometimes entirely scrap it yeah. and start over. He was pretty obsessed with delighting people. Yeah. And I, <clears throat> I thought it was interesting that it changed so quickly from being something he did solely for himself to being something he did solely for other people. Yeah. You know what? Like, that was... That became his obsession. Yeah. Once he realized that people were excited by something he made, that was like his new drug. Which is really weird. Oh, that's it. Because to read the descriptions of like, like when he built the house, he was pretty insistent that it was for him. Yeah. And then I guess just people wanting to come and see and all that, he discovered how much he loved amazing people. He, He probably loved the... The kind of fame that it brought him in town. Yeah, right? and I think it might have been kind of the camaraderie of being <clears> like, <throat> oh, yeah, I made this just for me, but this is something other people like too. Yeah. And I, I, maybe that ignited something in him. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I mean, obviously he has since passed and we can't ask him to his face exactly what motivated him. And I yeah. think there'd be a lot of reasons, a lot of things that he would say. Um he was an interesting individual by yeah. all accounts. Um, but yeah, it started with that. And then it it's, I can't even put can't, it into words. You can't describe the sheer number of collections, built, objects, display cases. He built a town yeah. inside a building. A recreation of like a town from like, you oh, know. Victorian? 
uh, maybe I don't know. There's like an apothecary. There's a um, I'd assume like the twenties, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Like there's <clears throat> there's an apothecary. There's a doll shop. There's a there's a firehouse. There's with a, a firehouse with a doggo. There's a fire doggo. <laughs> there's there. a fire doggo. Um, also known as Dalmatians. Yeah. Uh, and. I, the roads are cobblestone. Mind you, this is inside a building. Yeah. He built a town inside a building with uh-huh. cobblestone roads. And you look up and it's like dark. It looks like you're outside because it's so dark up there. Yeah. Like you can't tell there's a ceiling. And they're at the end of it. He one of his big obsessions was music machines. And yeah. Some of them were like the ones where you put a, a coin in and it's like a metal disc with holes punched in it and it spins around and it plays it almost like a record. Yeah. And like other a player ones, piano on a on a revolving wheel. Yeah. And other ones are like they have actual <coughs> instruments and like animatronics that like move and play the yeah. instruments. Um, I think he made a lot of them himself. I think so. Some of them it seems like they were brought in or they were replicas he made of existing ones. Mm. There were so many of these things when, when you buy your ticket, which is $35 for the entire tour, which is broken into three sections, the Mm. house itself, the second part, which leads up to the carousel and the third part, which is, um, collections. Yeah. Uh, and you get four tokens a piece with your ticket. And we were trying to use them wisely but we did end up with extras, which the gift shop kindly lets you cash in as money <laughs> yeah. at the end, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Um, and I bought, I'm not normally a souvenir person, but I was so fascinated by this place. I bought all kinds of stuff because I was just like, I can't let go of yeah. what I felt here because I felt like a little kid. Yeah. I, I felt like a little kid looking around and seeing something for the very first time. And now yeah. that I am... 30 years old, that feeling doesn't happen very often. Yeah, I so agree. So feeling that again and being like in total awe of something <laughs> yeah. was amazing. Also, I still say that our group, like me, you, uh, TJ, Laura, and Alex, were having the most fun there <laughs> of anybody who was there. Yeah. Because we were just cracking up at all the music machines and like <laughs> these, a lot of them still work. Some of them were out of order and yeah. being repaired. But and many of them, the instruments don't necessarily play anymore, but there's a speaker reproducing a lot of the music. Yeah. And some of them, they do <clears throat> play, yeah. but they're so out of tune. <laughs> and it's like, you know what it's supposed to sound like? And it doesn't sound like that. It was just so funny to us. Yeah. Like, there was so much about this place that was just amazing and hysterical to us. And we could not stop laughing. Yeah. And I was looking around at everyone coming in behind us who were just, like, soberly appreciating and were laughing our butts off. <laughs> and I'm like, no one had yeah. more fun there than we did. It's like, you guys are totally missing the opportunity to enjoy parts of this ironically. Right. <laughs> and, it, and it was, I don't know, the whole experience was great. Yeah. but. Yeah, yeah it's, just it defies so explanation. Much, so mean, much. There's a room that is a gigantic whale mm-hmm. fighting a gigantic octopus. Yeah. It's several stories high. You kind of like walk around the outside of it and there's like collections of things 
in cases in the wall that you can look at. Yeah. But as you walk around and get to the top, you notice that there's a boat in the whale's mouth, which you can't <laughs> see from down on the floor. Yeah. Um, I bought you a penny, a, a smooshed penny. Yes. Smooshed. In that room. Smooshed. Smooshed penny. Because you always got those growing up and yeah. you like them. Well. I like souvenir pennies. And it has the giant whale on it. <laughs> um, That was really cool. Yeah. I, I almost don't want to say too, too much more, I guess. Like, I part of the I joy of this place was we didn't know that much about what we were going to see. On the one hand, that's true. And on the other hand, I don't think hearing about it is going to make it any less amazing. Because it sounds crazy and it doesn't sound as cool as it is. But yeah. there's, there is more. We can cap it there. There's more to it. Yeah. That's, we're not even done yet. <clears throat> no, we didn't even begin to talk about everything. There's just so much there. Like, being at the House of the Rock really is like getting a view into one guy's... Like, his dream made manifest yeah. in a way that most people don't get an opportunity ever to do. You kind of... Walk away being almost <clears throat> obsessed with it as he is, as yeah. he was. And I walked away with more questions than answers. <laughs> yeah, right. Of just like, how? How? Why? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, It was so fun. It was a great experience. And the yeah. next time we go, I want to go back. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I could go back a billion times and not see everything there is to see. Because yeah. you only have two eyes and you're like heads on a swivel the whole time, <laughs> but you can't take it all in. Yeah, right. There was something that we pointed out to Alex while we were there. I think this was his fourth time. Yeah. And he hadn't noticed it until that time. Yeah, right. Because one of us, I think TJ or you pointed no, it's TJ, it out to yeah. him. TJ noticed it. So, uh,. <clears throat> If you are in Wisconsin, it's about 40, 45 minutes outside of Madison. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, right about. Go check out the House on the Rock. Yeah. It is an amazing experience. There is it, nothing else like it. If you, you have never kids, see anything that's like great. It. They'll love it. If you don't have kids, go be a kid. Yeah. It will make you feel like a child experiencing whimsy. Yeah. It was amazing, and I'm just still obsessed with it. It's <laughs> the know. one thing I keep trying to like explain to people, like, yeah, it was this really cool thing, and nothing does it justice. Words I just sound like a justice. crazy person. Yeah, there's a giant whale fighting an octopus. and <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even that, like, we could talk about that it's big. Oh, the yeah. scale is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so much about this place you just can't even put into words. Yeah. Definitely yeah. recommend someone go see that. I suggested, and if you do, please tell us what you think, because we loved it. Well, we are running long here today. That's okay. The house on the rock is worth it. So why don't we take a little break? No breaky. And we'll come back with the main segment for this episode. All right. Sound good? Uh-huh. Okay, cool. Bye-bye. <laughs> And we're back. I took a nice, refreshing uh, sip of beer. Delicious new Glarus. And we are back. 
yes, we're back with the main segment for the episode. Um, do you want to introduce it, or do you want me to? I'll do a brief introduction. Okay. Everything I know about this topic, I learned on Supernatural. Oh, really? <laughs> Not everything, but basically. That's at least the most recent information okay. I've looked into. Um, and it was suggested by one Brittany Ball. That's who right. recently started listening when she was sick and oh. uh, has kept listening. Well, that is a good time to start listening to a podcast because there ain't shit you can do. Yeah. And sometimes you like it's hard crap, to you hold your eyes open. Yeah. Yeah. So she started listening and she gave us this suggestion. Okay. So what we're going to talk about is the <laughs> lost colony at Roanoke. <laughs> a... a, a a group of settlers were left on a colony uh, at Roanoke, uh, North Carolina, uh, when the English were beginning to explore over here, mm-hmm. and then vanished. And then they were no more. And then they were no more. Or were they? Hmm. Hmm. Huh. Anyway, um, so let me start off by introducing where Roanoke is, uh, and a little bit about it. So... It's what is in what is currently uh, Dare County, North Carolina. It was first, you know, sort of the first time that the English landed here and began to explore it was in eight, uh, 1584. It's a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the expedition to Roanoke was financed by Sir Humphrey Gilbert, whose half-brother was Sir Walter Raleigh, who chartered and, uh, you know... Set up the the voyage itself. Oh, yeah, Sir Humphrey Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> Sir Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> um, yeah, so Walter Raleigh never actually visited Roanoke. That bastard. But he was responsible for sort of, uh, you know... Uh, Funding it. Yeah, drawing up the... Yeah, and actually... I, no, it was financed by Humphrey Gilbert. But he kind of, like, pulled okay. the strings and everything. Um, Queen Elizabeth I... Uh, the charter that they that she drew up stated that Raleigh was to discover, search, find out, and view such remote heathen and barbarous lands, countries, and territories to have, hold, occupy, and enjoy. Okay. That's the official language on what they were going to be doing there. Um, there was also a dual purpose, which was to establish a base from which they could launch privateers to intercept Spanish treasure fleets. Treasure. Treasure. Because as always, when dealing with the New World, it's all about treasure. Mm-hmm. It's always about treasure. Always secretly about treasure. Oh, let's go to this new place that no one else has ever been before. Mm-hmm. There's definitely going to be treasure there. It just <laughs> comes out of the ground. I it just blooms. know it. I just know Treasure grows on trees. Treasure. Treasure. <laughs> this is a Karen Kilgariff thing. Okay. Um, but I insist on saying it treasure now, too, because it's adorable. I think so. Um, so a little bit of geography. Roanoke is an island off the coast of mainland North Carolina, near the Outer Banks, that kind of area. Um, looking at the early maps that they drew up, it kind of looks like the area has changed a lot, or they just weren't that accurate with their maps. But it could looks, be either. It looks pretty different. Um, so, this period of European history is fascinating to me. Uh, the major powers of Europe all having an interest in the new land and its many possible riches, treasures. 
strangers. Um, there's this greed, you know, uh, that you know that comes from the world's leaders having been told about this beautiful unspoiled land. You know, we um, must go and spoil it for ourselves. <laughs> we must immediately spoil it. <laughs> um, I just think it's a really interesting period in time because it represents like some of the last big unknowns of geography. Mm-hmm. You know, just like times where people were actually discovering parts of the world, you know? Yeah. Um, and there's just, you know, so much out there for them to explore and steal and fight over. And it's just the worst of, like, <laughs> it, it reveals some of the worst of our human behavior, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, so I'm, I'm always a little bit fascinated by this period of, like, the European expansion, you know? Yeah. Also, the Genesee sign has been talking to us, and now it's just out. Yeah, the beer sign is out. Creepy. It'll come back. Um, so, let's talk about some of the earliest voyages. An expedition was sent on April 27th, 1584, to explore the area. And they rely- they arrived in Roanoke uh, on July 4th of that year. So it's like a three-month... Uh, no, less. It's a, uh, a little bit more than two months. Like, you know, two-and-a-half-month journey. Mm-hmm. Um, they immediately established relationships with this this oh god I'm gonna fuck this up <laughs> the Sakotans Sakatans Sakatash and the Cro- <laughs> Croatans S E C O T A N S S E C O T A N S yes your, I would say Sakotans your guess is as good as mine I I have to spell it in my head in like visualize it in order to pronounce it. I really should have got the pronunciation on this before talking about it, (laughs) because this is going to annoy someone that knows what I'm talking Eh. about. Um, So it annoys them. uh, (laughs) So they established relationships with the native peoples, and everything was definitely going to be just fine from then on. It was going to be great. They weren't going to take their lands. Everything was going to be... They were just going to respect that they lived there first. Hunky-dory. Um... So two oh, people. Here's from- how to pronounce it. Oh my goodness! Nope, you hit YouTube. Let's it go. is on YouTube. Dead air. Oh, hold uh, on! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How many? I had it down. I had the volume down. Sikoden. I don't trust that guy. <laughs> you don't trust the robot. I don't trust voice? that robot. I don't trust him. Well, I trust the robot. I trust him with my life now. Okay. He is my new friend. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, uh, of these two tribes, uh, two guys named Manteo <laughs> and Wachizi, Wanchizi, whatever, uh, actually went back to England with the people that initially arrived. All right. Uh, apparently, they went back to, like, report, you know, or whatever. They agreed to go back to England. Look what we found. Yeah, <laughs> we found people. Um, now and- let's treat them horribly. So they went back to report to Raleigh, and then they sent a second expedition after this. So again, they had arrived July 4th of 1584. They sent another expedition April 9th of 1585. Uh, so like right, you know, uh, like less than a year later. Mm-hmm. Uh, they sent a second ship led by Richard Grenville, which, uh, or rather a second expedition composed of five ships, which all have varying degrees of success of like getting there. Mm-hmm. Some of them get like derailed or end up a little bit further south. Some, some of, of them, them are overcome by scurvy. Yeah, some of them, like a giant sea squid eats one, I think. Um, yeah, it sounds right. Yeah. 
There is a, I wrote, this is an actual (laughs) Wikipedia quote that I'll just let stand for itself. During the initial exploration of the mainland coast and the native settlements, the Europeans blamed the natives of the village of Aguascagoc for stealing a silver cup. As retaliation, the settlers sacked and burned the village. Yeah, that seems equal. That's what I wrote. Seems proportional to me. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you took my cup. Let me burn down your house and kill your family. In fairness, it was a nice cup. (laughs) I mean, it was a really good cup. It was an heirloom. Yeah, it's hard to come by those cups. Isn't that crazy? Like, it's almost as if they wanted it to go poorly. Human beings suck. Yeah. (sighs) Well, it is the mindset that we are people, these are heathens. It's a less than mindset. Yep. So they justify to themselves that that's a perfectly rational thing to do. Yeah. A perfectly acceptable way to behave because... These are subhumans who need to be taught a lesson. Yeah. I mean, that really is... Basically, we need to domesticate them in order for them to understand our ways. Best way to do that is to sack and burn a village. Yep. Woo! (laughs) Woo! So, anyway, um, basically, the uh, second expedition arrived in the Outer Banks, did some exploration, uh, set some people on fire, and then in 1585... Captain Grenville decides to take 107 uh, men from the mainland to settle on the on Roanoke Island, right? Mm-hmm. He promises to come back with more men and supplies, but that never happened. And actually, I'm not really sure how he planned to do that. Um, there's because it, I didn't see mention that anyone else was headed there, but whatever. Um, so uh, in June 1585 on the mainland. The natives had decided all this shit with the cups and the fire and the white devil was no good. Uh, and there was something of a destruction of the Outer Banks colony. Mm-hmm. Um, and people were exhausted. Uh, Grenville hadn't returned after a whole year. Everything was destroyed. And then Sir Francis Drake just happens by on a boat full of riches offering to take the Outer Banks people back to England. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just he's coming from somewhere else with a whole bunch of gold he pilfered. He's like... Road trip. Yeah, right. Like, hey, you guys Ocean are. Like, trip. You guys are having like a real bad time. You want to like come with me? You guys look horrible. You want to go home? <laughs> <laughs> so a solid most of them say fuck yeah and get on the boat, which just so happens to be the boat that clues England into the existence of potatoes, maize, and sweet sweet tobacco. Ooh. Yeah. I wrote England is never the same since. The boat that makes them send people back to ravage. The states more. <laughs> yeah, right. That's where they get the hunger. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that, hmm? well, tobacco. No, tobacco. What are you going to do? Yeah. That sweet, sweet pipe leaf. That tobacco. Yeah. Obviously, the English like it a whole lot because they smoke it in every form possible, so... <laughs> Um, then, as if by cosmic irony, Grenville's relief boat shows up right after, finding nobody in the mainland, and goes back to England, leaving behind a scant 15 men at Roanoke, basically as human flags. Just there to sort of, you stay this here. This is ours. This is ours. You're going to just kind of hold the fort down for a minute, right? Um, so now, 
It's uh, it's now 1587. A full year has gone by of certain rich Englishmen smoking a bunch of pipe weed before they get mad that the pipe, pipe weed, weed is gone and a boat returns to Roanoke, led by John White, uh, a former Roanoke colonist. Ah. Okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they bring 90 men, 17 women, and 11 children with the intent to settle. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, Master pilot Simon Fernandez insists on setting up a new colony, so they do. They reestablish relations with the Croatan, or whatever, and other local tribes, uh, who maybe have possibly not forgotten the whole Silver Cup fire and resultant fighting, mm-hmm. because some of them refuse to meet with them. Understandable. Yeah. It's, there's still a little bit of outstanding beef. Yeah. Um... The col- I don't want to get near you, because if I take one look by accident at a silver cup, I'm done. <laughs> if I should happen to glance at your cup, I don't know what's going to happen. Well, it it's like already an abusive relationship has been formed. It's like the these white guys come in, and we don't know what we're going to do that's going to piss them off. Yeah. I just wanted to admire the cup. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what happened to that cup anyway. Who knows? Yeah. But we know what happened to the village. Yeah, right. Well, the you know, not the village, but the home of the the Native Americans. Yeah. Um, so, um, where was I? Um, Sorry, anyway. I distracted <laughs> okay. you. The colonists beg Governor John White to re- return to England to ask for help. To ask for help. So he does at the end of 1587. Mm-hmm. He leaves behind 115 people. Uh he picks a bad time of year to cross the Atlantic, but people are, you know, sort of insisting and begging him to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and he attempts to return the following spring, but he can't. Uh, on the way back, his ships get pillaged by the Spanish ships, um, by Spanish ships they were attempting to take over. Mm-hmm. And they end up going back to England with nothing. So... That's 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 at the first attempt back was thwarted. Now that's the end of 1587. The return expedition doesn't actually get back to Roanoke until 1590. Shit. Right. It's like a couple of years lost. Two years in the toilet, right? Mm -hmm. On where they were like on a schedule of like, you know, take off in April, arrive there in July. That doesn't happen. It's like two whole years. Um. When they finally get there, they find nobody. Um, hmm. That's uh, so they they land on John White's granddaughter's third birthday, but again, straight up nobody there. Ninety men, seventeen women, and eleven children completely gone. Now the only clue as to what might have happened is the word Croatoan carved into a fence post, and crow carved into a tree as well. Okay. It's it's like the Lorax's unless stump. Yeah. You know, it's just this like kind of, you know, just this very incomplete message left the, behind. That was the name of the one tribe of. Now the Croatans are the peop- the tribe themselves, right? Mm-hmm. There is a nearby Croatoan island, right? So it go- okay. So it seems to suggest okay, well that maybe they leaving know, a message that they decided to go elsewhere. Yeah. Um. The weird thing is they clearly had time to dismantle the place as their their homes are perfectly removed, all their buildings carefully taken away. Okay. So it's not like a town is left behind and there just aren't people. It's like everything is gone. 
Yeah. So it doesn't seem like they were pillaged by, like, surrounding groups of, you know, Native Americans or something. Yeah. It's like, no, we took our time and we decided to move somewhere else. That would be that would be one way to interpret it, <clears throat> okay. and there there are people have outstanding theories about what might have happened there. Mm-hmm. But like one of the compelling pieces of evidence is that there's like nothing left behind. It's not like they came through and burned everything or whatever. Everything seems to be like neatly packed away, orderly. Yeah. Um, John White had told his colonists to carve a Maltese cross into a tree if they had been forced to leave. For any reason, mm-hmm. but they didn't. It was just just the word Croatoan, right? Okay. Um, now when they went to check Croatoan Island, they didn't find anyone there either. Where exactly is Croatoan Island? It's like fifty miles south of Roanoke. Okay. Like off the island, you know, fifty miles south. So it could have been that they headed there and. Decided to settle somewhere else before there, or Mm -hmm. something happened and they were attacked, or... Could be. Uh, But they never found evidence of where everyone ended up, right? Mm -hmm. For a long time, nobody had any idea at all. For a long time. For a long time. (laughs) Um, So, uh, like I I said, there's there's a lot of alternate explanations what people think. Um... Commonly accepted possibilities, you know, people, you know, still do assume there might have been some returned violence on some level, and then maybe that's why they had to leave. Um, Also possible was a disease outbreak that the colonists' bodies weren't prepared for, because this happened all the time, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, people arriving in a new place with, like, things they're not, their bodies aren't prepared for. Mm -hmm. And, like, some kind of disease outbreak happens. They haven't built immunity to something, and, yeah. Um... But neither of those, I wrote, you know, neatly explained that weird detail of, like, everything just kind of packed up very orderly uh, as if they meant to leave. Um, I mean, the other option is that they could have been ravaged by disease or by mm -hmm. a tribe, and then the tribe's people could have broken down their houses and taken them to use the materials. Yeah, but they didn't find bodies either. I mean, they didn't... That's the odd thing. They didn't find graves. They didn't find bodies. The people clearly weren't there anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's like if everyone had just started getting sick and dying, you would yeah, think they would have at least buried Probably people. evidence of that, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm right. So this is where this gets interesting to me. And I think I've, I think I've got a lot of the details kind of fuzzy leading up to this. It's a little bit... I was reading between sources to try to get a good idea of the timelines. Yeah. It's a little bit. It seems like the kind of story that's hard to peg down. Yeah. Um, but here's here's what I think is really cool. This this story hits an update in 2013. Ah, oh, fairly that, recently. Yeah, not that long ago. Like five years ago. Okay. There was a little wrinkle in this in this uh, in this investigation that is really kind of exciting. Um, so a clue may have been... A clue? A clue. A clue? I dare say there's a clue. A clue. A claw. A claw. (laughs) Something is afoot. I have found a clue. There is a clue. (laughs) The clue is in... (laughs) Here's a little clue for you. (laughs) 
Um, in in a map of the area drawn by John White, mm-hmm. um, their researchers noticed, picked up on it, it went unnoticed for years and years that there were two particular patches on the map that like were like added on top of the map. Like areas of the map are concealed by a patch. Okay. Underneath, they discovered without opening it, they had to, you know, sort of look through it with like light and imaging and all that. Mm-hmm. They discovered that there were small red and blue symbols, two of them, on the map that seemed to have been covered on purpose. Okay. Um, researchers with the First Colony Foundation were the first ones to identify it, and they believe it may have indicated the position of forts or some other secret emergency areas that were state secrets. You know, because again, much of the mission overall of sending people here was as much about colonization as it was about pillaging and plundering and like you know, fighting the Spanish, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was believed this those locations may have been covered up later to try and essentially hide state secrets of okay. like two significant locations. Okay, so what what is the implication of that? That the place really hadn't been abandoned and they just kind of like covered up its existence? The No, the implication is just that there are two really important places in the area no one bothered to look at yet. Okay. There's just, it's just that they, they had, you know, even to this day, like many people have searched Roanoke Island looking for things. Okay, it's it's possible... That they went to one of these nearby bases and no one knew they were in existence because they covered them up on the map. Right. Like, basically, between Roanoke Island and Croatoan Island, those were, like, the only two real, like, Wait, solid... Roanoke is an island also? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Between those two islands, those were the only, like, solid geographic leads as to where people had been and might be. All, okay. All of a sudden, in 2013, it's like... Oh, these are two really important locations that were, like, obscured for some reason, and we're not sure why. Hmm. So that starts to, like, open up the search to different places, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so using these locations, researchers were able to begin to investigate these two new areas, and they used magnetometers and ground-penetrating radar and other new technologies. Um, Perhaps the most impressive of these technologies is something called a proton magnetometer, which Mm. I had never heard of before. But I guess the way it works is by measuring variances in the Earth's magnetic field that are caused by objects in the ground. Okay. Which is like it makes a really, really sensitive magnet. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Apparently these things can find objects buried in the ground down to like 13 feet deep. Cool. Yeah. It's pretty far. Yeah, it's pretty far. Like, you know, far enough that, like, you know, it's harder to find things, you know. It's harder to find things at that level in yeah, general. You would think that even if there was a colony that was there or people that were there a very long time ago, there might still be evidence within yeah. that range. Yeah. Um, using these technologies at one of those sites, which was a, a native, they discovered it was the location was a Native American town named Metaquem, I guess. They identified magnetic anomalies that strongly suggested a buried structure or or maybe multiple structures. Hmm. Pretty cool. 
Yeah. You know, in a place that they weren't expecting to find anything. Yeah. That, you a know. place that had been obscured for a very long time. Yeah. Um, so this is where I come to, so what do we know at this point, right? Like, what, what new things, we like, overall, what do we know about, you know, where these people might have gone after all this time? Mm-hmm. Uh, I re- this is one of the topics that, like, no amount of internet digging can actually shed any more light than, like, has already been discovered by, like, tired researchers slogging over, like, yeah. you know, letters and, and digging and, you know, going and examining sites Looking and all of that. through patched maps. And... Yeah, right. That's still so cool to me. It's like it's like national treasure shit. Mm-hmm. I think you mean national treasure. <laughs> national treasure. Treasure. National treasure. <laughs> um, yeah. The so yeah. The, uh, um, at least if, <laughs> I I wrote as of 2015, some of the most recent findings suggest a different story than had ever really been considered that seriously previously, which was that what happened was neither disease nor murder, but something like evacuation and assimilation. Okay. So the search has now largely shifted away from Roanoke Island itself. It's no longer really considered, you know, as useful a place to, to look as the many surrounding areas where researchers believe that the early colonists may have been welcomed into the villages of surrounding native tribes. Okay. Which is interesting. Um, I will say a word of caution on this. Many, many people who have studied this a long time are really skeptical about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they warn that the difficulty in particular of dating some of the found artifacts makes it like impossible to know exactly when they came from. Okay. Like, it can be really hard to get, like, a very specific date on yeah. something that you find or dig up, right? Yeah, and it could have been that, you know, these settlements, the evidence of the, you know, the colonizers. Mm-hmm. The that's, colonists? That too. <laughs> I couldn't think of the word. The colonializers. The colonializers. The colonial uh, club. <laughs> the colonists. Um, it could be older than that tribe settlement. That tribe could have moved into that area after mm-hmm. the colonists yeah. moved on or something like that. It's like what makes like all this like historical stuff like really difficult is you're trying to find out what happened between say like, like a, like a 30 year span Yeah, and isolate that and from what it, might have ago. happened after. Right. Or even slightly before yeah. like and also how badly does it suck that we have to be so cynical that we're like well we're not quite sure that it could be that they were you know assimilated into these tribes because historically speaking i know colonists are assholes <laughs> and kill people People over kill native peoples over a tin cup. So <laughs> yeah, right. Considering is it the likely? whole considering the whole cup thing, it is kind of like, well, mm. how likely is that? Yeah, I mean, these people got pretty ornery over a cup. I don't know if they're all going to be friends after. Right. Well, and it could be a totally different like tribe or sure. you know, 
Yeah, because there's all but these, like, still, nations, you know, of, like, native peoples. There's all these, like... Yeah, and also, keep in mind, like, there were communication, major communication barriers. Yeah. So, I'm I'm sure we don't know the whole tin cup story. <laughs> you know, who, who knows what kind of miscommunication there could have been. Also, not defending anyone. It still seems a little bit extreme, but... <laughs> um, yeah. Who knows what kind of miscommunications there could be in that situation. But also that makes something like having a tribe welcome you into their land that you just trampled on that they consider theirs mm -hmm. in into their fold does seem a little bit, maybe not as likely. Yeah, it's a little fishy. Well, it's just like if the stories that we hear of people going to like parts of Africa where there's remote tribes that have had little to no interaction with people outside their own tribe. Yeah. And just going in and, like, wanting to be accepted as one of the tribe and, like, live with them and learn from them. It's like, uh, I don't know how that's going to go. Yeah. Well, Ben <laughs> once told me, and I still think this is incredible, the the story about the, the list of uncontacted peoples. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which was that, you remember him talking about there's... There's like an island of people. Oh, I'm not going to remember their names. I um, forget. Yeah, but they're basically off of the coast of... Uh, is it, is it off the coast of India, maybe? I can't remember. I can't remember. I remember him telling us about this, but I don't yeah. remember in great detail. But the, the general idea is that these people have been uncontacted because every time we try to, they, like, they freak Attack. out. Like, they don't want anyone... Like well, because they don't know what it is. They like throw shit at helicopters and stuff. Like reasonably, yeah. they have. That's like you know witchcraft. You know, yeah. like, I get that. I would be uncomfortable with that if I'd never seen it too. And also, um, don't take their cup. <laughs> yeah, right. If they got a special cup, like it's on a stone just somewhere it. and it's got a light on it, leave it alone. Even if it's a plastic cup, just don't take it. Just Any let, old cup. It's theirs. <laughs> So is there any any uh, other insight you have on this? There is more. There's I have more on this. Um, among so first of all, some of these you know alternate dig sites, like for example, one on uh, Hatteras Island, which is nearby, they have found Native American and European materials combined, uh, hunks of European iron, parts hunks. of a sixteenth <laughs> hunks, nice <laughs> hunk of iron, uh, parts of a sixteenth century gun. Tiny copper eyelet from clothing, a rapier hilt, hmm. a, a large copper ingot, an iron bar. I'm just rattling shit off, right? <laughs> and German stoneware. Basically, all this stuff shows up in the strata believed to be part of that that time period. Okay. Which would suggest that, you know, like, especially considering how close they were found to each other and, like, the assumed age of some of those things by their design, mm -hmm. that they... You know, the people were there, that these Europeans and the natives were there at the same time. Okay. Um, another compelling clue, and this one I thought was pretty cool, is that inland, near, again, one of those spots where the blue and red symbol was, uh, something which the uh, First Colony Foundation researchers call Site X. Uh, so researchers Nick Lucchetti and Clay Swindell, or Swindle, discovered English pottery, atypical of the second half of the 17th century, but which would be consistent with the findings at Roanoke. Like, the 
the kind of pottery that they had at Roanoke. Okay. So that's the first relevant detail, is it's the same kind of pottery. They found similar pottery at Roanoke, you know, like indicative of, like, you know, what, what had, you know... What, what they would have brought with them on that, one of those first initial voyages. Yes. And then... Secondarily, the the other thing that's interesting about that, if I understand the claim they were making, pottery would not have been like a trade good, apparently. Like, it wouldn't have been something that would have had any perceived value to the natives, right? Because yeah. they, they have their they own... They have their own stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's not the kind of thing you trade. This, this, the implication that I understand is that it's... This it's is something a, you bring with you to use, not something you trade to someone else. It's, it's property. It's residential property. And mm-hmm. that would imply... The people had come from Roanoke inland to this spot and lived there. All right. Uh, so, you know, while it's not exactly a smoking gun, it's mm-hmm. not, you know, it's not in and of itself enough it is evidence. It's a warm piece of pottery. It's a warm piece of pottery. It's not a smoking <laughs> gun, but it is a pot. Um, it just, it suggests, you know, like the best way to explain that would be that Roanoke colonists moved inland took their chances, and they found a way to survive with people. Hmm. Kind of Interesting. Cool. And they're still, I believe, you know, doing research at these sites. Yeah. Um, so, like, this is not an, an over, you know, this is not, like, a completed, you know, thing where they've moved on from the site. They're still looking. Mm-hmm. Um, so, generally, conclusion time out of all of this, right? Okay. Uh, researchers are still not convinced entirely of this hypothesis. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're still digging. They're still looking for more compelling artifacts uh, that tell a fuller story, but they're not quite there that they can make that solid claim yet. Mm-hmm. However, I really hope that this is what happened. Yeah. To me, I think that the the, the alternate narrative, that what people assumed had happened for the longest time of just like, People come in, take revenge, kill a bunch of people, whatever, you know, or people all get sick, you know, or they like are starving and, you know, whatever. Like, Yeah, and it seems like the evidence doesn't really support those theories either. Yeah, the evidence doesn't necessarily support it. And I just think it's so depressing, you know, to, to yeah. imagine that, that I really hope the opposite is true. Um, because I think the story that we expect to be true is the one that we saw play itself out so many times, I guess, you know, in, in like, history and in fiction of, like... Can't get along with the native peoples. Yeah. Like, here come And the, everybody dies. Yeah, and everybody <laughs> dies, you know, and it's just, like, uh, it's... It's a thing that uh, you know, enough of that happened, you know, is, and is confirmed that I really hope this is the exception to the rule. Yeah. I mean, it does... Kind of seem likely. I can imagine if you were one of the first settlers in an area, you might get bored. Like, yeah, you might want to know what else is there, yeah. or if there's any other civilization. You have some interactions with native peoples and want to see what else is there. Someone might scout ahead, and yeah. then if they find friendly people realize or or even just an area that's more lucrative for them for whatever reason yeah might move and settle somewhere else yeah leave a note on a tree even though it's kind of misleading and (laughs) go elsewhere (laughs) yeah you you know leave a leave a crappy note that is maybe not entirely correct 
I mean, move on. Everybody knows men are the worst at leaving notes. <laughs> you guys, you don't take down the details. You, you don't, you know. You couldn't have said up. we went to Croatoan? Yeah. You know, something. Yeah. It's just something better than that. Do better <laughs> on your note taking is what this boils down to. <laughs> when you're carving messages into fence posts and trees. Yeah. Elaborate a little bit. Yeah, right. <laughs> Give me a little XOXO at the end. Maybe use some berries to like make a little paint and paint the message rather than carving it. That just seems so exhausting. It seems like that's the... why you just did one word. Yeah, right. You ever try to carve something in a it takes a long time. Yeah. It's a real pain in the ass to try to write a word with a knife. Yeah, I'm always amazed. I was amazed in school when I saw like carved messages on the backs of seats like Yeah. You really were never paying attention. <laughs> that took yeah. you the entire semester. That took you forever. <laughs> yeah. Just, and just I to know, like write your name and a swastika for some reason. And I know you used paperclip. <laughs> <laughs> Man, school is like prison. Uh-huh. School basically is prison. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, For yeah. young, malleable minds. So, yeah, that's that's the conclusion. Is I just, I really hope that what actually happened was that they went out and they found shelter among people and that they were welcomed in and that there's, like, at least one kind of nice... If there's, there's one happy story I'll out come, of the whole yeah. nightmare that comes from the European colonization, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I hope that too. That's shockingly all I got. I really I wanted th- to find more, and this is just lot. this is a tough nut to crack, and you really have to like well, go look for things. It's a mystery for a reason, you yeah. know. It's it's something that people like to make up cool stories about for a reason. Mm-hmm. There's a reason it was turned into a supernatural episode, right? Because. Nobody knows. You know, there are people whose job it is to try to figure it out. But like we kind of touched on, it's difficult to pick out which evidence is about the thing you're looking for and which isn't. And that makes it really tough. But it makes the mystery kind of better, you know. Yeah, I think so. Because I have the feeling we'll never really know for sure. Yeah. And that that makes it so much sweeter. Yeah, I think so too. There's got to be a little bit of, there's got to be some whimsy in life. There's got to be a little bit of mystery. Yeah. You can't have, as people who are researchers and we always want to have an answer, sometimes you're not going to have an answer. And that's okay. Yeah. You can let your imagination run wild a bit. Yeah. You could just be hopeful that it is what you want it to be. Yeah, and that's basically where I leave off on this is just, <clears throat> I have what I hope happened, mm-hmm. but that's it. Yeah, that being stated, I, I do hope they are still doing research on it and they find something, Yeah, you know, substantial. Yeah. Well, Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. That's as close to an answer as we more. can give you. <laughs> I wish I had more on this, but that's really it. I mean, yeah, for all the reasons we just outlined. It's a mystery for a really good reason. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, I liked it. That was interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. I feel like I'd like to consume a lot more media on this subject, though. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like even, you know, as much as as much as much I was able to gather from researching a few different places, and, like, in particular, there was a couple of National Geographic articles about the, the digs that they were doing that mm-hmm. 
that uh, you know, and the kind of artifacts they were finding. I wonder if there's like there's gotta be a more. documentary or like a PBS special <clears throat> somewhere on this. I bet there is. I'd be I'd shocked be if real there wasn't. Surprised if PBS didn't get on that. Yeah, because it's such an early American, like well, early American, like you know, the early colonization of America. It's such like a such a very uh, rich topic. Yeah, and such a strange disappearance. Mm-hmm. It's rare that people effectively go that missing well, that well. Do you know what I mean? And and also the fact that they're very limited travel wise. Yeah. They were left behind somewhere. How how can you go too far? Right. Um it does make it compelling. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe we'll dig into this a little bit more even and maybe we'll have some follow ups on a later episode. Maybe we'll go there. Maybe we'll figure it out ourselves. We're just gonna go <laughs> and we're gonna solve it all. Maybe I'm gonna get on a back end boat. <laughs> maybe I'm just gonna do better than all the archaeologists and the anthropologists who are trained and went to school for many years. I'm pretty handy with a shovel. <laughs> I got one okay. of those little brushes. <laughs> got a brushy. Very gently brush dirt off of things. I got to figure it out. I have a sun hat. You got to have a sun hat. You need a sun hat. What you need you, a sun hat. You're going to fuck around without a sun hat. God, come on. Oh, Jesus. Every archaeologist come has on. to have a cool sun hat. It's true. Mine has a bow. Because <laughs> I'm total. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, that is another episode of Goose Chase. Goose Chase. Um... We will be back next week. We will. We will. Oh, we will. <laughs> I still plan to keep doing it. <laughs> I'm just finding out. Um, we will be back in another week with another episode of Goose Chase. Once Thank- again, if you have episode suggestions. Yes, any if topics. If you have concerns, if you want to yell at us and tell us we're booger faces. If you want to send a picture of a rash and ask us what it is. <laughs> Uh, I will tell you to go to urgent care and maybe take some Benadryl, <laughs> but if you if you want me to tell you that. If you got a bad fortune from a fortune cookie and you're kind of pissed off about it, <laughs> just run it by us. Yeah. Um, if we... you have a dream that needs interpreted. <laughs> right. If you, uh, if you have a mysterious pain or a weird nightmare... Did you just say dream? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. That falls in that category. Also, <clears throat> mysterious pains and weird nightmares are very different. <clears throat> right, they are. But, you know, after all, you know, <clears throat> we're the everything. If you have a mysterious so. pain because of a weird nightmare. Yeah. If you had sleep paralysis and now you have mysterious scratches all over you. Yeah, just that shit. Any of that. <laughs> just reach out to us uh, at goosechasepodcast at gmail.com, and uh, we will see you next week with another episode of Goose Chase. Goose Chase. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Goose Chase. We are Goose Chase Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, our handle is at goosechasepod. And our website is www.goosechasepodcast.com. If you have any topics you'd like us to research, please email us at goosechasepodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do on the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Google Play. Want to go on a goose chase? Ooh, yes. 